0: Yes, this is the first day we've had a politician on Exploring the Prophetic. We have Senator Paul Gazelka, and I love that we're having him on because he is the senator-majority leader of the state of Minnesota, and he's a Republican, which has been very unique because there hasn't been a Republican in office in a long time now. I'm not personally – I vote independently. I vote with my conscience. I respect both parties, Democratic and Republican, but I love his perspective because Senator Paul is – such an advocate that we love both sides or any sides that we that we he represents so well he's friends of the democratic party he actually has real relationship with uh the governor who's a democrat and and the previous governor he's been in politics now for a while and he just has a deep respect and a love and that's one of the reasons why he's able to be the majority leader in the senate because even as a republican he operates in a culture of honor which I so respect. We need that because so many people are so, um, you know, so polarized in their perspective, and they miss loving the whole nation. They miss loving their whole state, or they miss loving their whole what if they're a politician, their whole area because they're fighting against something instead of fighting for someone. And he does such a good example of sharing some of the stories of how he and his wife heard from God. And she even get jumps on for a minute, because this was one of our live events in Minnesota. It was a sold out event that Senator Paul and his wife were able to share for a few minutes just about how God led them into politics and how God led them further into politics and believing for even being the Senate majority leader. That was a prophetic idea that God put in their head to even go after. And it worked, which is amazing. He has done so much for the state of Minnesota, and uh, if you want to look him up, you can look him up really easy, just even on Wikipedia, because he uh, he has so many credits to his name for things that he has moved forward for the state of Minnesota, and I believe that his political career is, is not at its end, it's at its beginning because of some of the things that he is believing for and doing. He's also speaking to young, emerging politicians, people who want to move in politics from a kingdom perspective. And I'm excited for today to have his perspective on Exploring the Prophetic because we want to explore how God moves in politics. Yes. So before we get there, I have a special offer for you. I have a prophetic perspective on Heaven's Economy and it's based on my best-selling book, Keys of Heaven's Economy, that we've now released in an e-course that's gonna bring practical, biblical-based teaching that's gonna help you to go on a prophetic journey over your finances, over the economy that you live in, and also help you to tap into what was in God's original plan and heart for you over your finances and resources. I wanna encourage you, especially if you're a person who is believing for great things in your life to come you need to be resourced. Every destiny has a provision linked to it and attached to it. And this e-course is gonna teach you how to access that. Not only is there teaching, but there's prayer, there's a prophetic encounter that I share, and my encounter becomes your encounter as you listen and as you go on this journey with me. So come on the journey through our e-course, Keys to Heaven's Economy. Check it out on courses.bowlsministries.com or www.bowlsministries.com. I'm gonna introduce to you uh, Senator Paul, who's the majority leader of Minnesota's uh, Senate House, come on up. Let's stand up and honor him. There you go, my friend. You can sit down. You guys are awesome. So, I'm so glad you're here.
1: I like that you call
0: me Senator Paul. I like that. Do you like that together?
1: Well. Most people say, Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelk, and I said, what, what do you want to call me? I said, call me Paul. I'm good I know, and
0: I added, Senator, I can't help it, because just you took an office that was both God-appointed, but so serves land in such an awesome way. And so I just, I, I, I respect, politics are one of the things that most Christians have a really dysfunctional relationship with. I think we, we know enough to have to vote, but we don't always know why we should vote. And you took the political office out of really being sent by God into it. And I want to, you know, unpack that a little bit today. And But you are just Paul. You know, you're Senator Majority Leader Paul, but you're also just Paul. Like, you're just a, you're, you're such a personable person. You're such a real person. I've met a lot of politicians who aren't. <laughs> so it's very nice to meet you when you're so connected. But tell us how you got on this journey on into politics. Well, back in
1: 2004, uh, we were, My wife and I were very active in ministry, and uh, this wasn't even on our radar. And I had just written a book called Marketplace Ministers. We were traveling around, and the prophetic voice started coming our way. And we had four different people that said, it feels like you're going to be in government. You have a governmental mantle. I kept thinking the apostle prophet that. Uh, but then out of the blue, uh, a state representative asked me if, if I would run in his place, He had a serious illness. Wow We prayed about it. We had five kids at home at the time. I had a business owner. And it could have been an easy no. Uh, but as a result of really underlining it four times, it really took some time to think about what that would mean, the sacrifice, and the
0: answer was yes. Wow so, how long ago was that?
1: That was in 2004. Uh, we, we won a two-year term. We were unelected. Uh, which uh, also you learn a lot of lessons over that. Sat out four years, and again, my wife and I really felt like God was leaning us back into politics, that uh, uh, we needed uh, voices there that really understood what it meant to be a son or daughter of God and what that meant uh, in politics, and so uh, we ran again as, as a senator and uh, ended up winning.
0: Well, that's kind of, that's amazing. Let's go back to that. So you said we need politicians who understand what it takes to be a son or daughter in God, because we're exploring the prophetic through this podcast, and we have a live audience here, woo! <laughs> but we also have our online audience, which is tens of thousands of people are going to listen to this, this particular episode and go, wow, there's a politician who comes out of sonship, what does that mean for him, versus when you don't? Like, kind of unpack that a little bit.
1: Uh, so I was uh, became a Christian in my teenage years, uh, filled with the Spirit, and uh, but it took decades to really figure out who I was. And you think about that verse in Hebrews where it says we can boldly come into the throne. Well, that isn't a servant. Uh, as a, a political figure, nobody comes into my office boldly except my son or daughter. When they come in, they can come in and sit in my chair. They yeah. can be on the windowsill. Uh, and so when he calls me his son, uh, it's this amazing place and privilege that nothing else can be higher than. I mean, yeah. if I'm Senate Majority Leader, I could be something else someday. But none of that compares to being his son. So as a son, there's there's no competition. I don't have to prove anything. I just have to hear from what what the spirit is saying and how do I release that. I don't have to try to outmaneuver any other senator to get up higher. It's not how I became Majority Leader. It's, it's just because I'm his son and he wanted me to be someplace.
0: And it's the... It's the negative, the spiritual negative politics that you've been able to maneuver as a son differently because you are in a place where the last governor was a Democrat and had very different philosophies than you of a lot of things, but you had a friendship with him. How did that happen?
1: Uh, so before I became majority leader, my wife and I invited him for coffee. I was a senator, said, you need a few Republican friends. And so it was just he and I and my wife and we, we just talked deeply, uh, vulnerably about wow. issues. And uh, sure enough, now I've become majority leader, and he doesn't know how I'm going to be because I'm a strong conservative, but I treated him the way I wanted to be treated. Uh, He knew that he came to trust my word, and I trusted his word. Even though we were far apart on many issues, we could have that relationship because of that.
0: Well, I think a lot of people, when they think of um, Republicans right now, we have a Republican president who is very he's a personality driven president like he's you know we have all these major figures that have very large personalities so whether it's kim jong un or president trump or you know any of these people almost any major politician but you come across as somebody who's very confident and secure not that president trump's not but very confident and secure and you're very disarming in just your humility and i think you you're the first majority leader who's a republican in how long
1: well, now it's the second time in 46 years. So. I mean,
0: that's amazing. And so you're coming in non-threatening. Yeah, we should. <laughs> how, because we do have predominantly two parties or people who lean two ways, how are, how are your relationships with Democrats and how is God having you navigate those as relationships, not as you know, the opposite person or whatever? Because there's such an us and them. How do you see them?
1: So when I first became a senator we were in the majority for the first time in, in 40 years. Yeah. Then we went into the minority and I really felt like the Lord said to for me to act like I was in the majority. In other words, I'm walking with him. What does that look like? Uh, but even in the in the majority and then in the minority, I always treated the other side with respect. It didn't matter yeah. whether I was over them or serving, you know, just treating them with respect. And so when I became the majority leader, I already had Great relationships with people. They knew that I was a person of my word. Yeah. Uh, some of them said, "Well, are, you're a pastor or something," which is probably
0: true. <laughs> are you a pastor uh, or something? But, uh, what a question! You
1: know, but uh, you know, but so so there was never any uh, doubt about who I am when I say something. People know that I'm I'm telling them the truth. Yeah. I may miss. I may not see it the way they see it, but they know that I'm truthful in how I speak to them.
0: And one thing on top of that is, we were talking for a minute in the back, and you said. I go and visit the media just to build relationship with them every week. What does that look like? I mean, as a politician, most politicians are either trying to use the media or they're trying to not be used by the media. There's no in between. And so you're saying, I'm building rapport and relationship. How is that?
1: So a lot of people know that I'm trying to change the culture at the Capitol. And so that's yeah. the political figures, that's the lobbyists, that's your people that come and visit. And it's the media. The media has a, a whole section there. Uh, they report on everything that's happening there. And so every other week, I stroll through their area, and I just genuinely love them. Wow. And now, we, we disagree on issues. A lot of them have a, a, a liberal lens, but they certainly put me in the best possible light. And Just a, a quick story. They did a bio on me in 2016, I think it was. But, and the the guy that did the reporting was part of the gay community. He had just moved to Minnesota. I had been involved in, in trying to protect traditional marriage. He knew that. And so as we met, we, we spent the whole day together. He was trying wow. to create this angle that I was I hated gay people and which was not true. And the more we talked, uh, the more he, he had to think about what he wanted to do or what he wanted to write. And then he read the book I wrote, Marketplace Ministers, and he called Democrat senators and Republican senators to see what kind of person I was. And in the end, he released a story that said... Uh, of myself, uh, measured in, in faith, no, uh, fervent in faith, measured in approach. And the story wow. was who I was from, from his length. It wasn't trying to make me something I wasn't. It was trying to capture who I really was. And, and then he ended up leaving back to California a year or two later. I gave him the warmest handshake. He returned that back to me. We had formed a relationship based on love and trust.
0: That's amazing you imagine? I, I think of you from, you know, the times we've talked, I think of you as, as someone who didn't just step into a political role, but you stepped into a fathering role where you love the state and you love our country. Like you stepped in as someone who says, I'm for all of you. I'm for us. I'm for our best interests. And, and when you come as a son and then you also come as a father or you come to adopt and your wife very much is prophetic and hears from God for both of you and also for your career, how has that kind of played out over being like a father and then getting elected to that position? How does that play out to both Democrats and Republicans? Like what does that feel like?
1: So it is exactly how I feel and what our role is for my wife and, and for, or for my wife as mother of the faith and me as a father of the faith down there uh it it's how you treat people um if somebody's uh um say uh, mother or father dies and you reach out you call them you come down and you talk to them and they return that because they 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 feel that you love them that you care for them as an individual that kind of stuff happens all the time it's it's making decisions that uh uh are are out of the ordinary uh, mm. uh, we we remodeled our capital we spent about 300 million doing it. The other party was in charge. Uh, another senator uh, really led the way, and so, and and we're deciding who's going to get our name on this plaque, right? This this forever plaque, a bronze yeah. plaque. It's going to be there 100 years from now, and uh, and he's supposed to take the majority again and have his name up there. And 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 we we uh, I have this moment. I'm suddenly in the majority. A tablet's coming up. And I, feel, and I want my name on top, but I feel like the Lord's saying I want his name on top. Wow. And you can be one of a, a number. All the senators are going to get their name, but somebody's going to be bold. Well, you know, I, I, I'd be honest. I had some turmoil on the inside. of me decided whether I should do that or not. But once I released into that or leaned into it um, and said, I, I told this other senator, I think your name's supposed to be on the top of this. And he was obviously very excited about it. But it had a huge impact across that that body. That's wow! Because I chose to give somebody else something that I could have taken, and that was just the the Holy Spirit leading me to do that. You know, so in return, I get favor back. Yeah, you know, you, you get what you give. If you give yeah. respect, you get respect. If you give love, you get love, and that's you know the the currency of the of of the kingdom. And so that's what I try to emulate.
0: Now, I talked to somebody in politics recently who's probably one of the more um, prestigious politicians I've ever known in uh, another nation, and he said, "You know, Sean, I've already been given from according to Ephesians one, Jesus was given the name above all names, the highest position, the highest entitlement, and then I was seated up there with Him. So my political role never needs to be awarded or rewarded in the natural. I can just go after it like you know with my whole heart and allow I give honor away that should be mine all the time because I already got a higher one. And it sounds like you're saying the same kind of thing. It's like." You give those moments away, which are significant to people who that's the only way they can receive honor, and because you already have honor, and then they give you their kingdom. They give you like the keys of their heart, which is just so amazing. And I think watching that in you is so inspirational because those little moments you know, are multiplied by hundreds in your life and your career already. Um, I want to ask you what is one of the times you heard from God the clearest that affected the actual politics? that you're serving right now, what is something that you've done or seen that moved an agenda forward that that was maybe unexpected? Uh,
1: I I won't list the subject, uh, but but there was one that we were very far apart on, and we had uh, instability in the health insurance market, and I just felt like I needed to get the governor to a place of agreeing with what I felt would stabilize the market, Uh, but he had a a desire to do something else uh, anyway, in the in the end, uh, behind closed doors, we talked about it, and he gave me his word that he would would do it. And then, as we a few months later, we got to that place where now I had to keep his word. Uh, and he actually had his chief of staff call me and say, did, "Did the governor give you his word?" I said, "Yes, he did." Then we're going to do it. And it, as a result of that decision, we did stabilize the market uh, for for private health insurance market, where rates actually went down for people when they were going out of control. Companies were going to leave the state. They stayed. Wow. So it was significant. So on policy-wise, those things happen.
0: Uh, Let me go back there one more time, because how did you know to do that? Was that just instinctual And in you? Like, how did you identify that as a God moment? How did you get in the office with the, the governor to talk about this with that much authority in the first place? Because he probably already had an agenda in his heart. How did, how did God use that moment to change him?
1: So that part is almost like a, a, a knowing what to do, um, knowing that if I take a risk here that he'll respond back. I don't know how to explain that yeah. one.
0: I like um, that. I like. Yeah. I mean, I like that language that you just used. That's even yeah. enough. Sometimes when you're in a position, all of a sudden you you have a different sense of knowing of yeah. when to choose your battles, which is amazing.
1: Because there's a lot of scenarios where it's the people things. I, I, uh, I This one's far enough back, I think I can share it. So many I can't share. But uh, I, I walk in by this guy, and I just feel like the Lord said, I want you to tell him, that I really like him a lot. Wow. That was it, right? So I said, I walked past him about two, three steps, and it you know it stayed. So I turned around, and I said, hey, so-and-so, uh, I guess I just want to tell you that I feel like the Lord's saying that he really likes you a lot. And suddenly his, his face just went uh, totally ashen, and flustered, and, and he said, you have no idea how much that means to me right now.
0: Wow. And we...
1: We, uh, he said, we went back in a back room immediately with another Christian legislator friend. The night before, he had cheated on his wife. Wow. And God would say, you know, in that moment, I really like you a lot. You know, I think about how we, at our very worst, and how much God loves us, and he was using me to reach out to him in that moment to, to restore him
2: back to His. Wow! place. So, those kind wow. of
0: things happen all the time. Wow! And I, for us who are listening to that story, it's different if it was just someone walking on the street. Like a lot of times, we see the the prophetic kind of an outreach to people who are outside your circle or they're at someone in a coffee shop. But you're a senator, and you're looking at another person in office, and you're saying, "God told me to tell me he really likes you I really like Shalom. I mean, the authority of that and the implications of that, because He knows you're a credible person. The fact that you separated your your office to be a human being and say me as a christian is saying the lord likes you a lot and risking that with them I th- i'm sure it meant the world i mean it was just the, the clearest way god could have ever spoken to him and and it was you being the representative was so important and i just think it's good for us to think about that like it's in the, the maybe the jurisdiction that you have in your place of authority that there's times when you speak and because of who you are and where you're at it makes such a difference to the people around us, you know, especially if they don't have the same belief system, but they believe in you. I mean, he, this person believed, obviously, in you, which is amazing. Uh, do you have any other of those kinds of stories where God showed up in the office?
1: I have a lot of those stories, but most of them I can't share. <laughs> <you gotta laughs> Come be- on, just tell us one. Yeah. Shh, we won't tell anybody, right, guys?
0: <laughs> we won't tell anybody at all.
1: Really, I, I, I thought about that, but they're too...
0: too uh, which too we personal. respect. We totally respect that. Well, let's go here. What would you say to, to God is doing for other people who are thinking about running for office? What would your advice be to them?
1: Do it. <laughs> really? Yeah, uh, you know, if, if he's put it on their heart, you know, you take the steps that he tells you to do. Uh, when we decided to run for Senate, we did all the steps that you need to, to be endorsed, to win a primary, and to become a, a senator. You know, so there is that put your hand to the plow part. You hear and then... What are the steps that he tells you to do? And so, uh, but frankly, we need more godly men and women, both sides of the aisle, uh, to be engaged. It's yeah. just uh, if, if if believers don't, then what is the 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 what are they going? What decisions are going to be made that a person's not listening to the voice of God over? And
0: yeah, I out. I so agree, and. One of my favorite parts of your story when we talked the first time was that, that I was just thinking about you, thinking how um, you had this sense of calling in this, the, the book on the marketplace and just kind of this apostolic kind of fathering thing. You just come across very, um, with a lot of authority and a lot of just, but also, um, yeah, I'll just use the word father. And so thinking about you 25 years ago, the only way to apply that probably in the current church structure of 25 years ago would have been to be an apostolic leader, to have a couple churches under your oversight or whatever. And it's so cool and so beautiful of God that you're in this generation to where you could make the transition from what your normal understanding would be and go, wait a minute, I'm going to run for office. Because that's a big sacrifice for somebody who would find a lot of um, understanding from your background, your Christianity, and just church-centric activities. And then yet you went outside of that. How has that affected your church-centric activities?
1: Well, it it uh, I had to get to the place where it was okay knowing that my kingdom work was outside the local church yeah that, that was the struggle I had i I felt like uh, in order for me to be the the highest and best version of myself I have to somehow be within the church and that was that was about 20 years ago where I realized that's just not true you know that every believer is a minister okay what does that look like yeah. as a as a business person as a government leader and and so just being able to sh- throw off that shackles and b- begin to start where I was at. Like you said earlier, not be afraid. I didn't have to ask my pastor for permission to start a Bible study out in the workplace. Yeah. Just do it. I didn't, you know, or to run for office or to whatever. And, and that's the part that was uh, incredibly free know that I'm a minister. Every believer's a minister. Now what does that look like? And And how do I release that wherever I'm at?
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. We need you in politics. I hope those of you who are listening who feel prompted in this area that you would have courage just from seeing the example of somebody who followed God. And I, I do want to, before we totally finish, so we know we have to finish in just the next couple of minutes, I want to tell the story of your wife who heard from God that you were supposed to be I know. See, so you can. If you want to come up here, we can have you tell it, but Majority Senate Leader, because you had a word from God that this was going to happen, and he didn't believe you at first. I love wives. Yes. I love partnership. So you tell this story.
2: Okay. I, um Well, it was the summer when, when the senators were running, and... Um, I just felt like my husband was going to be majority leader, and we were going to take majority. It's just one of those kind
0: of... But remember, there hadn't been in 46 years, so this was like a big word.
2: Right. So I'm going... It, it was kind of like a natural thing, you know? And he's going, Oh, that's really nice, dear. <laughs> uh, so no, I go, no, I'm like, serious. You need to get ready, because he was part of the leadership, and I wanted him just to make sure you're really helping with the new senators that are new people that are starting to want to be senators and call them and check on them because two days after, they're going to need to elect you majority leader. And I just didn't, I, don't, I know enough about politics to be dangerous probably. But, um, and, but he's like, well, we really loved our minority leader. He was just a wonderful Christian man. And he said he would have to lose. He, I didn't, you know, I had a, you know, I hate to say it, but I felt like the Lord said what he's going to you know, but your husband needs to take this position. And we, again, I loved the minority leader, you know, and um, so then it came to the day, they um, were, we went to sleep, you went to sleep 33 to 33, in, and the guy lost. And Paul just thought, well, we lost. Well, we won a stay, it was Grand Rapids is what we won, and it, that had never been won before, I don't think, and so the next day he needed to get ready to run for majority leader.
0: That's amazing. Yeah.
1: So, one last piece of that, um, we, uh, 10 days before the election, we were at a, a Joyce Myers conference in, in the Twin Cities, and she gave a message, which I think is for all of us, um, and it was really a sanctification, is our, is our life set apart for him, And because I was really at the point of thinking, you know, I think I've had enough of politics, it's not, it's not all glory, trust me, it's, uh, it's a sacrifice that you, you pay. And, uh, and she gave a message, and I stood up, and I said, Lord, I'll, I'll do anything you want in politics, I'll go as high as you want me to go, and sure enough, just a few days later, I'm fulfilling a prophetic word, and I'm, I'm the majority leader, and so I think that's a message for all of us, that, you know, he lays a path before us, and it's never all easy, you know, that we, we make decisions that mean something else we give up, uh, it's always for a better reason and a better way, but it, it's, it's not, it doesn't always feel that way, and so... That was a key moment of of this whole ride.
0: I'm so glad you're saying that because it's so important for us to. I heard a couple things, but the sacrifice part was a big one. That you, I'm going back over your point, which your point was different. But you guys have paid such a price. And how many of you live here in Minnesota? A lot of you. So you guys know that you have a biblical job, and especially that you've seen them that you're their intercessor. That's your job. Like that's literally like you. So I want i want to do this just for them and anyone who's listening on Exploring the Prophetic when this goes live. I want to encourage you to pray for these guys and just think about them because I think they're going to have a longer career in politics. Like they're going to have a lot more to do. So I want you to just be branded with this beautiful couple God's going to commission them for more. And I want you to just commit in your heart to pray for them. Like whenever you think like, ah, the world is crazy. Nothing good is happening in politics. My Facebook feed's crazy. You go, actually, there's a lot good happening in politics. We have these guys in office. Actually, we're going to pray for them right now. We're going to respond to the bad news with the good news that God's establishing something that hasn't happened before. And like you said, over 46 years. And God has given him a voice into the hearts of the governor, into the hearts of the media, into the hearts of the Democratic leaders, and he's using this voice well. So everyone extend your hands to him just as a commitment. We just pray right now, Lord, for our state senator here, I pray, Lord, for Paul, that he would have more anointing, more authority, more resources, more connections than he's ever had before. And we thank you that he said yes to office. And we know, Lord, that you're going to have a lot of other people say yes to offices, even through this podcast. Some of you who are listening, either live or in the podcast, are getting stirred in your spirit by God. You're hearing God saying, will you go on an adventure? Will you go on a journey for me? Will you will you serve me in this way? And Lord, raise up the Josephs and the Daniels who were in politics. They were businessmen who were in politics. And because of them, the whole Jewish race was saved. Because of them, the whole city and nations that they lived in were saved. And God, I pray that there would be a release now of people who would take on this assignment in a new way in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, you guys. Thank you so much for being on have you been enjoying exploring the prophetic? Well, you can enjoy it even more by becoming a partner with bulls ministries. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment, to upgrade everything we're doing, to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else, then you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on the journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner.